Salberry, Tim Parrish, and Jim Howard. This is the Puck Junk Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. I'm Sal Barry and with me is Tim Parrish. And with us today is Puck Junk contributor Jim Howard. Jim, how you doing, man? I'd like to start this podcast by saying that I feel completely vindicated by never having joined Twitter. And I stand by that. Wow, what an introduction. I've been trying to get him on Twitter for years. And I'm like, hey, you know, at not the goalie is available on Twitter. <laughs> So that people don't mistake you for like Jim Howard, the former Red Wings goalie. Because I kind of added that little nickname in your handle on Puck Junk when you write for Puck Junk. It's like, Jim, not the goalie. Howard contributes a new article for Puck Junk. Check it out here, right? Otherwise, I think people would be expecting like the other Jim Howard. I won't say the real Jim Howard because you're real to me. Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's good. Well, I mean, you you could have just gotten me me that, that Twitter account from Christmas or something. I don't know. Yeah, well, there's still time, right? Twitter hasn't been completely burned to the ground yet. It's funny because, Tim, you're you're having a specific Twitter problem. Do you just want to share that? Because I know people who listen to the show also follow you on Twitter. I'm not the only one, I don't think. But I just noticed that over the last couple of weeks, my timeline is totally different. It's devoid of any anything that I've done to make it what it is over the last few years. So sites that I've blocked are now popping back up. I'm getting tweets directly into my timeline from people that I don't even follow. And you're getting messages from live journal. I mean, I get is coming back into your life. The people that I do follow, I don't see any of their stuff and I'd have to go looking for it. Like somebody will say, Hey, did you see blah, blah, blah. I'll be like, no, I didn't see anything. And I'll have to go and look for it. And sure enough, it's there, but it never came up in my timeline. Or like I was telling Sal earlier, I'll see his stuff that he posts a day later because it'll then somehow end up in my list of stuff. So I don't know what's going on. makes me think like people aren't seeing the stuff that I'm putting out there too. So I don't know. Because I generally have pretty good engagement when I put stuff on there. But to be honest, (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know what it is. Well, the sad part is like stores or uh, music artists that follow and things like that, their stuff like, hey, we've just announced this show in your area. Tickets are on sale today. And I look at the date and it's like last week. I'm like, well, that doesn't help me. Thanks so much, Facebook or Meta or whatever you are. It's kind of annoying. It's like whatever this algorithm that they're using now or changed it to. It's not doing me any favors. Let's put it that way. Every morning when I open up Twitter, the first tweet I always see is Elon Musk, and I don't follow him. I haven't blocked him yet because I kind of want to see the train wreck. But every morning I open it up and it's it's him. And I'm just like, oh, God, OK, I'm going to click on this. And then like read the replies, and in like four replies in, I start losing my faith in humanity. And I'm like, I got to get a life. I got to get off of social media. I got to do something. Oh, hey, Tim posted a hockey card. Cool. Wait, how come he didn't trade that to me or whatever? (laughs) I mean, that's what I try to make my timeline. You know, I'll find as much hockey-related card stuff, and I'll retweet to death as long as there's like pictures and stuff. I generally don't do people's sales. But if somebody posts a trade that they got or something, I will retweet it till the cows come home. Because I'd much rather log on and see hockey, hockey, hockey all over the place and right. instead of all the garbage that seems to come up lately. But yeah, just whatever. nothing but ads for like you know hockey-related socks and crap. I don't even get that. I get ads for no, video Sal games. will now. Yeah, of yeah. course he will. So I get ads for video games that, and I don't even play video games, so. 
So since it is the end of December or almost the end of December and we're coming up on Christmas, we're coming up on Hanukkah, we're coming up on all these great winter holidays that happen around this time, we are going to do our hockey holidays episode. I know in the past we've done this and I've shared some of my stories. Tim has shared some of his stories. I'm still going to reshare some of my stories because, I don't know, every year I get more and more fond of them. Although I did think of a story that I don't think I shared the last time we did this. And then also uh, we got some stories that some people shared with us on Facebook and on Twitter and uh, not Instagram though. So boo on you Instagram followers who I asked for a story and not one of you replied. You all liked the post, but you didn't reply to the post and it was Instagram. It wasn't like you were limited to 280 characters. You could have just let loose boo on you. And then Jim has got some personal stories, although he came into hockey a little bit later in life, so it's not like he got skates when he was 10 years old, although that would have been funny if that happened because he would have been like, what the hell am I going to do with these? And then you have some interesting hockey gift ideas that you found that I'm sure are going to be hilarious, not not to set any expectations. Uh, Well, you know, I I try to live my life with whimsy. So uh, is there any other way? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Is there any other way that matters? Let's put it that oh. way. <laughs> no, no, wait. I want to know, what would 10-year-old Jim Howard done with a pair of skates? We're talking like, you know, razor-sharp hockey skates. Probably try to help my mom, like, cut vegetables in the in the kitchen or something. I don't know. You wouldn't have been, like, worst Christmas ever. I asked for a bike, and I got these ice skates. They would have come from my dad, and my mom probably would have yelled at him, saying that I would have cut my ear off, and everybody would have called me Vincent Van Gogh for that. You know, I, I was not a terribly athletic kid back then. And also, we didn't have that many places to skate, obviously. Well, I was going to say, because you're in Raleigh, so you have a pretty good minor league baseball team, right? Isn't that the Raleigh Durham Bulls? Don't ever, ever say that. It is the Durham Bulls, period. Leave the Raleigh part off. Yes. The only time Raleigh and Durham come together is when you're talking about the airport. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. A sore subject for the people that live there. My brother lives down that direction too. So <laughs> there you go. I didn't know if it was like a city partnership, like the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, no, so you were uh, a baseball fan growing up. So that's what I mean. Like, yeah. if you got hockey skates at ten, you would have been like WTF, mom or dad. Yeah, I mean, there there was a roller skating rink like you know down the boulevard from where I grew up. So I knew I sucked moving on shoes that put me a few inches higher. I was terrible at that, so ice skates would probably not have been a lot better. But at least I was young, and I could bounce when I fell. <laughs> so, Tim, you want to share the story that you got on Twitter? Was it from Elon Musk? It wasn't, actually. Um, <laughs> maybe that is what happened. Maybe he banned me because he's not a fan of the Penguins or doesn't like hockey or something. I don't know. I got a um, one response, I guess, from... Uh, from someone on Twitter. So basically I threw it out there, you know, what's a cool story, good, bad, otherwise. And uh, Gary Steinberg, uh, Dr. G Steindog, some of you might know who that is. He got pucks, hockey pucks, with his son's birth stats on them. Huh. And I thought that was a really cool idea. That's kind of like, so, you almost, know, weight, length and all that. Yeah, that's what I'm imagining. I didn't go into much more detail than that, but I that's what I would picture in my head, you know, some kind of crafty, like, 
cool looking thing maybe put them in a display i think that'd be really cool time of birth and all that that's yeah. actually kind of nice yeah yeah that's okay. a nice personalized thing that's hockey related and put your kids information on it so oh like that i think that's cool i think that's you take it out to the rink and just like carve it right up yeah so one guy on twitter his name's michael hicks you can follow him at puck underscore man zero zero nine so Michael says, Christmas of 89, I got a Nerf hockey set. It was the weird vinyl-like covered puck. Dad must have known I would break some stuff with a real puck and then little smiley face or laughing face or whatever. And I got to tell him he's right about that because I used to shoot real pucks in the house and I remember breaking a framed... I was shooting them low and I was shooting them like into like where we had our shoes by the front door. But I lifted the shot and it went up and it hit a framed picture of flowers in fact it might have been the the picture that came in the frame when you like buy a frame because that's kind of what it looked like this is the 80s so think of like that gold rimmed frame like that thin gold on all all the sides and then like picture of flowers and so i remember like shooting it and rising up hitting that and then the frame picture dropping straight down and then like (laughs) glass shattering when it hit the ground And so, Michael Hicks, yeah, your dad is right. Shooting real pucks in the house, not a good idea. Definitely the Nerf puck was a well-thought-out precaution. That is what Nerf is for, is is sportsing indoors when it's rainy and crappy outside. Sportsing indoors. I like that. Growing up a baseball fan, um, I took off the head of a wooden decoy duck that my father carved and painted. The head went flying across the room and I, you know, grabbed it, was like scared as crap that I was just, you know, going to get killed as soon as my old man found it. And I went and got some glue, glued the sucker right back on as best I could. He didn't notice for years. Nice. (laughs) Nice. I finally saw just a little white line in the neck of the duck and was like, what the hell happened there? Uh Wow. Yeah. But, you know, years later, you can laugh about it. So another story, this this one is actually pretty funny. Oh, these are all pretty good. Jordan, who's on Twitter at Jordan underscore D, D-E underscore Milo, M-E-L-O. He says, I asked for a Paul Korea jersey one year for Christmas. The place to put the letters on the jersey spelled it Korea, C-O-R-R-E-I-A. I assume they thought it was somebody's last name. I got it fixed later. I still have the jersey, but I don't fit into it anymore. Well, that's okay, because most of us don't fit into our hockey jerseys from our childhood. It's interesting that you asked for Paul Korea, and they spelled it C-O-R-R-E-I-A. I hope he has a picture of it before it got fixed. Yeah, that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, because if you hear Paul Korea, I mean, the worst case scenario, you spell it like the country. Like yeah, K-O-R-E-A. like Korea. Yeah. Korea. But Korea. Yeah, is, well. It must have been back before you had to write it specifically in the little bubble boxes when you fill out the custom forms. I don't know where he's from. He must have been from Anaheim, and they should know. You'd think. It's just kind of funny how things can get misspelled. I still want to send my Sens jersey to get Peter Sidorkovich's name on the back of it, but... I'm afraid they'd screw that up no matter how many ways I write it out. All right. So our buddy Seth Poho on Twitter, at Seth Poho, just how it sounds. For a few years, I got hockey jerseys for Christmas as my jersey collection was in its infancy. 
One of my brothers found this old, possibly custom, Mark Fusco Whalers jersey. Fusco played for the 1984 U.S. Olympic team. So when I saw that he mentioned that, I'm like, hey, you mean Olympian Mark Fusco? Awesome. I mean, a Whalers jersey, still awesome. I mean, that's great. What do Canes fans think of Whalers stuff? Do they embrace that, or are they just kind of like, yeah, whatever? Peter Carmanos wanted to erase the hell out of it when he bought the team and moved it down here. He wanted nothing to do with it whatsoever. And for nearly 20 years, we were starved from it. It's like, you know, bringing all the wonderful food and stuff and then being like, hey, there was this thing called bacon. But we're not going to talk about that, that, you know... Bacon was a thing in the past. It's, it's not here now. And then all of a sudden somebody comes in and is like, hey, everybody, check out bacon. You know, and, and then all of a sudden we love the hell out of it. And it's a money-making venture, you know, where they, they roll out Whalers stuff for one night out of the season now. They do it every year. And people go nuts. And, like, they, they'll sell – they have some Whaler stuff here and there. But then, like, that night – like there is just tons of whaler gear you can crap, you know, crap you can buy everywhere. Um, and you can have it for the rest of the season at that point too. It's nice because it's only once a season and we are certainly not tired of it yet. I think the year before COVID, one of the penguins playing canes was on and I was watching and they, you know, go into the crowd and show people. And somebody had one of those Franken jerseys where it was half whalers one side and half canes on the other. In the oh, yeah. back, the name on the back, it said Bonanza. I was like, now that's nice. cool. Yeah. I like that. Well, I mean, I think Francis would have been the obvious choice for the name on the back. But, uh, okay, I guess Bonanza. I don't, I don't know. Did they, did they do the brass Bonanza at Kane's games or only when they're doing the Whalers colors? Only when they're doing the Whalers colors. It's a, a throwback night completely where, like, the Jumbotron will – use old whalers or faux whalers graphics obviously they don't want to have it that bad but mm-hmm. like you know it'll look like a hot you know they'll show the players on like hockey cards that look like they're made in the, the 80s or 90s um they play brass bonanza they will only play music from like 1976 to you know 1995 or something like that mm-hmm. that that limited span it's just they go all out and have fun with it from Crazy. disco to the macarena yeah Another story. So Simon, who's on Twitter at MTL Simon 11, says, my aunt ran into Kirk Muller at a Montreal area Toys R Us location right before Christmas 1994. She got him to sign a piece of paper and she had it mounted and framed with a hockey card. I know there's no monetary value, but it's one of the most valuable hockey possessions to me. The best part was he looked in her cart and saw she was buying a Yarmir Yager starting lineup figure and was like, Yager? Really? <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we, yeah, M- uh, Muller was uh, our head coach for a couple of years there uh, in Carolina. And uh, I've met him once or twice. And he, he was a genuinely pretty nice guy. You know, he's pretty down to earth, you know, easy to talk to, um, not really pretentious or anything like that. So I can easily see like, that story being completely credible, 100%. Muller was one of the best players on, well, of course, the Devils, but then the Canadiens when they won the Cup in 93. That's nice. She got something signed, but then she wasn't just like, here, piece of paper. Got it matted, got it framed, put it with the hockey card. 
I mean, I like it when people do that sort of creative stuff where sometimes you see people will like make custom cards and mount signatures onto custom trading cards. Of course, you have companies like Leaf and President's Choice that do that very thing. Anyway. I like uh, the last part of that story before you go on. The comment about the Yager starting lineup figure, you know, that's. Yeah, the Yager starting lineup. I I mean, if if, if there had been a a Kirk Muller figure and he was like i mean by god i i would have run to that section to, to try and find that figure to, to you know run over there and get him to autograph it before i bought the thing did simon put what year that was he said 94 and then we, yeah. we followed up with each other on twitter and we came to the conclusion that Mueller didn't have a starting lineup until like 95 oh, or so and he was and with the islanders it, yeah like, and it was a it was a franken one because the card that's in it is him and his, um, a canadian and the figure is actually him as an Islander. I got actually a really good Blackhawk-related story right here. This is from Jamie Killian. He posted this on Facebook. He said, 2010 Christmas, my wife, who I was dating at the time, got me tickets so that we could see our first Blackhawks game together. I had no idea at the time, but the game she picked was the 50th anniversary of the 1961 Stanley Cup. So not only was I in the building with Marion Hossa, Duncan Keith, Patrick Kane, and Jonathan Taves, but also Pierre Palat, Glenn Hall, Bobby Hull, and Stan Makita. Not to mention the game was a 5 nothing shutout. And that nice. game was it was against the Islanders. Corey Crawford got the shutout. So yeah. that's that's a hell of a gift. I mean, hockey tickets are always a nice gift, but like when you go to a game and it's like an anniversary night, and they're like celebrating something, you know, historical. And then the team has like a kick-ass game. I mean, that gift just gets better and better. It's the the gift that keeps giving, I guess. That's exactly what it is. You go you go expecting one thing and you get something totally different. I've given tickets to a friend before uh, who was like Canadian. Um, I, I used to work with her like a long, long time ago. We still hung out for a while, and uh, she was a big Maple Leafs fan. And the driller that I happened to be working with for my current job at that time, he's had a season ticket holder package uh, way down low. He got them like just after the lockout, so like seats were cheap. Mm-hmm. It was like I was four rows behind the penalty boxes, sunrise, mm. and he would just give them to me because he couldn't make the games. So I took her to go see a Maple Leafs game because she was she had a jersey and yet she had never actually gone to see the Maple Leafs. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Man, I need more friends like you. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need more drillers that are gonna give me free tickets. There you go. Oh well, you know, I did get a lot of free Blackhawk tickets in college because they were so bad they were like literally giving them away. Yeah. But- there were definitely years like that for the Canes where they were giving them away at colleges as well. Actually, I got a Christmas-related story that that reminds me of. So my senior year of college, I worked for the college newspaper. I was their webmaster. And the Blackhawks would send tickets. They would do like a partial cash, partial trade to advertise in our paper. They would advertise their student rush night where you'd show up an hour before the game and you can get tickets for like $8 or $10 or whatever. This was like the late 90s, early 2000s. So Alexi Zamnoff was our best player if that puts things in perspective, I mean, you know, that's like when we had Doug Gilmore for like half a season and like Paul Coffey for like 10 games and like mm. Wendell Clark for like three shifts or whatever. I yeah, mean, for a cup of coffee, literally. 
Yeah, like all stars on other teams came to play in Chicago. Here in Fleury is another one. But anyway, so I remember we'd get tickets. And so my boss would just be like, he'd be like, hey, do you want four tickets to like the Blackhawks Maple Leafs game? I'm like, sure. And then like later he's like, well, here's six tickets. I'm like, I don't even know three people who want to go to this game, let alone six. So it was like where you had seats for our coats and stuff like that. You had that buffer between you and the other person who may or may not show up. But I remember one time I said to my boss, this was right when Mario Lemieux announced he was coming out of retirement. And I said to my boss, you got to get me tickets to the Hawks Penguins game. That's going to be in January. And he says, all right, it's done. And he, he called up and he said, yep. And it was like that. And then the next day, the Blackhawks called back. And they were like, well, we can't give you those tickets. And my boss was like, why not? You had no problem with that. Well, what I mean, that's against the Penguins. And they were trying to be kind of around the bush. But it was because that game was a sellout. Because everybody's like, holy shit, Mario Lemieux's coming out of retirement. Mm -hmm. And this might not have been the next day. I think this was like maybe a week later because I remember giving my aunt a card and in the card I said, we got tickets to go see Mario Lemieux make his return to Chicago. So she's like super excited. So now I promised these tickets as a present to my aunt who took me to my very first Blackhawks game, my very first hockey game. And so I'm like pissed off. My boss is pissed off. So he calls them back and the Blackhawks finally, they, they relent. Okay. You know, the ad rep or whatever, they relent. Okay. We got two tickets for you. We can get you two tickets. So, you know, when you go to the 300 level and then when you go all the way to the last row of the 300 level, well, they added a row of folding chairs around the very last row of the 300 level. And that's where our tickets were. We had seats one and two. Seat one was like the usher seat because then there'd be nothing behind it. So I told my aunt, I'm like, all right, why don't you take the nice comfy seat and I'll take the folding chair. And I remember the usher came up there and kind of looked and did like a double take. And we, we showed them the tickets and then they kind of shrugged. All right, I guess that's it. I guess I'm going to stand then. It's like, well, yeah, you know, but yeah, it was a sellout. And then they were probably 10 rows of people behind us deep to watch standing room. So I don't think I would have been able to afford tickets then because I was in college. And then even then it seemed like they sold out pretty quick if you had so many people showing up, but I felt good about getting those seats. If you have a good sight line, you're fine. Everything's smaller, but you can see everything. We've sat all over the place at these games and, you know, some places are better than others, but you know, sometimes when you're higher up, everybody's smaller, but you see the whole play unfold and it's, it's kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, if you got tickets to see an Islanders game back at the Barclays Center and, you know, you happen to be in one of the crap seats where you can only see a third of the ice, yeah, you know, we'd be a little bit cheesed off about that. All right, I got one more story here. This is from James Opperman, and he said, in ninth grade, which was 1984, I got a blue CCM Islanders jersey for Christmas, which I still own. Growing up in Michigan and being an Islanders fan, Getting anything Islanders related was a task for my parents or grandparents, unlike today, where you can order anything you want anytime online. I believe my grandmother had to contact the Islanders team store in order to get it, and knowing the difficulty and because of the sentimental value both my parents and grandparents have passed, 
it will never be anywhere but in my possession. Excellent. That's a good story. It's a good story. Tim, what about you? You ever get any jerseys for Christmas? <sighs> Not real ones. I got an old uh, Robo Penguin uh, white jersey with no name on the back. So it's just a standard plain jersey. It's a PWE jersey. But <laughs> I got the my high school girlfriend, who later became my wife, who's no longer my wife. I have a different wife. I collect those two. But uh, <laughs> so much for one of one. Yeah. Oh. I had to get a replacement. It's shipped with a bent corner and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, she got it for me for Christmas one year, and I still have it. And occasionally I pull it oh, out. The, the other it. wife? The first wife? Yeah. I, I occasionally pull it out and still try to wear it. The, the first wife? No, oh, the, the, the jersey. jersey. Oh. The jersey. But it's more of a it's more of a half shirt now than anything else. If you can. Yeah, I was gonna say you would have been like 15 that. when that came out. Yeah, I'm about the same size I was then, so. Oh, okay. That's convenient. Yeah. I got I got much, much bigger and then I got smaller. So yeah, if the penguins do a nineties night, you could always, you know, kind of cut it off as a midriff or something like that and and, and go rock at the stadium it. there. I definitely Dude, thought about it. Do that and get some Zubas pants and then you gotta get a visor hat. It's funny you bring up the Zubas because yesterday, so I've been this is not hockey related, but I'm gonna bring it up. Watching football yesterday, I've been organizing my Steelers collection, my PC for Pittsburgh Steelers, and was going through, and I'm making checklists year by year, and like sorting that way as I go through, because I have tons of monster boxes full of cards. So I've been, you know, just sorting through them and stuff, and I finally got to 1991 or 92, I think, and those Pro-Line cards, where Mm -hmm. all the players are featured, just doing random stuff. And almost every single one of them is wearing a pair of Zubas yep. in Steeler colors, which like all the teams were. But of course, I just I just have the Steeler ones. And it was just cracked me up because I saw those and I was thinking, you know, I had a couple pairs of these back then. I had a Steeler pair and I had a Washington Redskins pair. Mm. And mm. to this day, I wish I still had them. Those were the most comfortable pants. They were popular. You know, one year I got three jerseys for Christmas. My mom bought me a Blackhawks home jersey, which would have been white at the time, a Blackhawks road jersey, which would have been red at the time, and an NHL All-Star Game road jersey, which was black, black with the white shoulders and the orange trim and the stars, and I loved it. And I know people would call them Halloween uniforms because they were black, white, and orange, but I freaking loved the old all-star uniforms. That's what I want to see throwbacks of. Let's just throw back to like the 1991 all-star game or something with the black, white, and orange jerseys. But I used to wear the hell out of those jerseys because they were comfortable. In fact, I was like that kid in high school who wore a hockey jersey like almost every day. They were comfortable because I liked hockey, because I didn't want to wear like the quote unquote trendy sweaters that like the kids would want that like the $50 like IOU sweaters. Now I'm really aging myself here when I say like <laughs> IOUs and the Cavarici pants and I wanted nothing to do with I had that. a pair of Z's. Yeah, I had a pair of Z's too, but they weren't like the baggy ones. They were just like normal. They're actually really comfortable, but like 
I had like a friend who was like a dumb jock on the football team and he was like my best friend, which is funny because I was like the smart kid and he was like the dumb kid. But like um, and we were friends. Go figure. He was always, oh, you should wear this. You should wear this sweater. You should wear this. You should wear that. He was always trying to get me to wear the trendy clothes that I hated. So like the hockey jersey was my sweater. That was my IOU sweater. And sometimes I'd say that to people. They'd be like, hey, Barry, you wear a hockey jersey like almost every day to school. I go, yeah, that's my IOU sweater or whatever. And it like totally went over their head. Right. Anyway, so I, I ended up with like quite a, a few jerseys and then they like really didn't fit me anymore. And then I know like when my girlfriend at the time got into hockey, well, she got into hockey like a little bit after we started dating but like when we both started learning to play hockey, I played a little as a kid and then I stopped for like 20 ish years. And then like we were doing like adult hockey lessons. I'm like, hey, I bet all my jerseys from high school will fit you. And sure enough, they did. So then she inherited like an all star jersey and a Blackhawks jersey and another jersey. The, the bottom line is when we broke up, she took all the jerseys. She took all the jerseys. I don't she didn't take the purple L.A. Kings jersey, though. That one. I don't think that one fit her. She took the Nordiques jersey. I had a Nordiques jersey. And she took that, and she took the Hawks jerseys, and she took the All-Star jersey. But you know what? They were old CCMs, and they were all pilly, you know, like how they get the little, like, beaded pills on them, you know, from wear and tear. So they were very well loved. Yeah, it's still annoying, though, when you're like, yeah, and my ex-girlfriend took my Nintendo GameCube, my 100-foot extension cord, and all my old vintage 90s hockey jerseys. Well, I mean, it's better that she took them and didn't just set them on fire. Yeah. She took the GameCube, too? Took the GameCube. Jeez. Which made selling all the games that I had for it hard because I couldn't test them. Mm. I, I literally put that in the description. I'm like, for sale is Super Mario Sunshine. I think it works. I don't know. My girlfriend stole my GameCube, so... You'll just have to bid on it as is. But here's a picture of the backside. As you can see, those scratches, blah, blah, blah. And boy, did we go way off topic. Or did I go way off topic? Those games sell for a lot. I can't believe that. The kids it's are true. always telling me, you should sell all these. I'm like, I'm not selling them. We Dude, play I these. Got, I almost got two bills for uh, Super Mario Sunshine. I think no, I got like crazy. 175 or something. That's absolutely crazy. You buy a New Jersey. What's it called? Uh, you State know, not- or an actual one? Uh, either. Either. <laughs> what about a New Jersey jersey that says Jersey on it? Oh, I'm sure that exists. You're kidding, right? I'm, I'm not, look, there are so many different kinds of hockey jerseys out there, especially joke jerseys. No, this was that's no not joke. A joke. That's this, not was their, this was their third, their yeah, third jersey their that third was jersey. like. Oh, jersey. oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, now I know what you're talking about. Now I'm up to speed. I got gotcha. you. And so then they made they made other joke things to go with it. So they made a hat that says hat on it. Yep. And stuff like that to go with it. I yeah. had forgotten about that. I, I, yeah. I kind of enjoyed it. I thought it was a good gag. I think they've worn them a couple times this year. Sure. So Tim, why don't you tell a story? This has been like the Sal Berry show. We need to mix it up a little. Well, it is your show, so. It's our show. Here, this is here's, democracy. Here, here's the thing. It's not a Twitterocracy. I, <laughs> I can go. I can go back in my memories and, you know, pick out some things like all my jerseys I have now that I didn't buy on my own that were given to me as gifts. They were all came from my birthday. So like I have a Malkin jersey, like an authentic Malkin jersey with, you know, the whole deal. That was a birthday present. I have a Crosby Winter Classic one with the ties and all that. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's a nice jersey. But again, it was a birthday present. 
the year right after the Winter Classic. Right. That they played against uh, Buffalo. But I would actually love to get the Winter Classic one for this year coming up because it's a throwback to the old Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, um, oh yeah, yeah. And it's really cool. It's got the slanted P on it with the stripes that come around the sides. If you see any of uh, like the really old photos of the Pittsburgh Pirates, the original hockey team in Pittsburgh, and see some of the jerseys that the players wore back then. They tried to color match everything in the uniform too. So, I mean, obviously with new equipment and stuff with pants and everything else, it doesn't really match from back then. But I think they did a really good job on the jerseys. So I wouldn't mind having one like that. But, I mean, my best hockey present for a Christmas present, I mean, yeah, I got things here and there, like my like goalie pads and stuff like that for playing street hockey and all that kind of stuff. Nice. My best one that I can remember is when I got my fiberglass Titan. That had to be like 86 or 87. Wow. I just remember that stick was heavy. That thing was heavy. Wait, you're talking about the Titan? Was it you left-handed shot or right-handed shot? I'm right-handed. So it was at the bossy model? No, it was... Because um, Gretzky was the left-handed model. Because my Titan TPM 2020 or 2040 or whatever that has like the red letters on the side of it that says Gretzky on it. And it is still intact after I think 30 years. Mine was a 2040, but it wasn't a Gretzky signature. It was just a regular... I don't know if it was generic or something, but that was probably the best hockey type present i ever got was that stick because i used it for a very very long time and when it finally broke i basically cut the bottom off and replaced it with a plastic blade on the bottom to use for street hockey that's what you do though that's That's what we did yeah well back to uh your previous uh story there though um about the penguins outdoor jersey speaking of outdoor games and christmas i am surprised that we have not had a release yet of the outdoor jersey that the hurricanes will be using in february i would have thought that that would have been available to buy before christmas absolutely but other than the nhl maybe saying no you're not allowed to release it yet which i could totally see that happening it'd be a money maker for the holiday season but we have not seen anything we haven't even seen design no pre-orders i don't know it's just weird anyway that's all that is really weird. Yeah, when they miss Christmas like that, it's it's a missed opportunity, especially with the stadium series. I mean, I guess that's the thing. Like, a lot of these games, if you think about it, the jersey really has, like, a short shelf life. You'll have teams reuse them again, and sometimes you have these third jerseys that are just kind of, uh, what do I say? They're, they're just, I hate to say instant classic, but when Tim brought up his winter classic penguins jersey with the light blue and with the neck laces and stuff like that i mean i know that's modeled after like the early 70s penguins jerseys kind of but it's a a beautiful jersey i'd wear that yeah i mean they wore the blues from their inception pretty much until the early 80s when they switched colors to match all the super bowl and world series teams because they wanted to be champions too but you know, I had when I was a kid and I used to play hockey, I used to wear my dad's old practice jersey that he had. Um, it was a practice. It wasn't really a jersey. It was kind of like a jersey sort of, but it was a pullover one okay. that the players wore 
um, for practice back then, but it was blue just like that. And it had the arm stripes with the elbow pads built into the shirt. Awesome. And I used to wear that playing like real organized hockey. So organized. You felt <laughs> official. Well, because I mean, I grew up around Pittsburgh. So like, there was a lot of that there even back then. And it was, you know, I grew up playing hockey at the Rostra River Ice Gardens. So some people from that area know that, or you might remember it from a few years ago. That was the rink that won the Kraft Hockeyville. Got oh, yeah. The, got all the upgrades and stuff. Occasionally, Penguin players would come and show up and, you know, skate around with you and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of cool. My only uh, hockey Christmas gift story that I could really think of off the top of my head wasn't me receiving as much as giving. Back when I kind of first started getting into hockey cards and collecting them and such. So, you know, maybe 10 years ago, I don't know, 12 years ago. I really wanted, you know, some of my friends that were into hockey with me to get in on hockey cards as well, so that I wouldn't just be this one sad collector with my own little hobby that nobody understood. So I bought hockey cards, packs, to give to friends and stuff. And, you know, they they opened them, and most, most of them didn't really care all that much about them too much. But I gave a pack to my wife, and in it was a triple jersey swatch card that featured jersey swatches it was colorado i think a rookie nate mckinnon joe sackick and forsberg all in one card and i was like oh crap i can't believe i gave you that one and i didn't know what happened to that card for a long time because my wife didn't care and then she was cleaning out her purse probably like seven years later and she like pulled out that pack of like all the cards she just shoved them back in the wrapper she's like oh hey i found this do you want them i was like hell yeah i'll take that that's <laughs> awesome was it still in good condition the yeah all right yeah. okay that that's What's, a really what set was it from do you remember uh, man sounds like an Don't... artifact type of thing this wouldn't be an mvp pack no well definitely not no um artifact like sounds that. Sounds like it might have been right. I, I think I remember like Upper Deck having a sale of various varieties. They're having a Christmas sale or whatnot. And these were um, some expensive, like normally some expensive packs. And they were on like a, a ridiculously good sale. I guess they were just trying to liquidate them for Christmas. And so I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll grab a whole bunch of those and get up to $100 in free shipping or something. And McKinnon's rookie was what, 13, 14? So. That would yeah, make sense. Mm. Even from then, I, I got, would take that as a gift. <laughs> Best I thing I get any more from like friends and stuff is like scratch off tickets, Ooh. which is fine. But I've never won more than like five bucks. So. Ooh. Hey, people Ouch. like scratch off tickets. They give them all the time. Yeah, fair enough. One year, my uncle bought me a box of pro set hockey cards. This was ninety ninety one, so this would have been Christmas of nineteen ninety. And I remember he bought me a box of Pro Set Series 1, but it wasn't the full box. He just bought, like, all the packs that they had on the shelf at the time. Mm. So it was, like, maybe, like, 31 packs or something. Was it kind of picked through then? I honestly don't remember. But then the other thing that's kind of funny, though, is then he gave me another gift, and it was a smaller package, and I opened it, and it was like the other five packs. He's like, oh, yeah, I found the other five packs later or something like that. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, you wrapped 
the near complete box and then you wrapped the other five packs. And then I remember my grandmother, and I've told this story in the past, but she got me a Ken Dryden rookie card. How that came to be was she used to go to a senior citizen luncheon at a local church. And the local church had a card and comic book show every month. And I was the promoter for that show because the priest that put it together was a big comic book fan old DC guy. I mean, he loved Green Lantern and Superman, Wonder Woman, all, all those types. Those are his favorites. So he puts together this card and comic show and like nobody came to it. I said, let me promote the show for you. I'll make it a success. And he said, okay. So I like made some signs, like some big signs. Cause I was, I was artistic in high school. I was really artistic. I was always drawing and painting and stuff like that. So I made some big signs that they could put up and I wrote to all the magazines. Cause that's how you did it back in the day. Cause I basically knew what to do. You know what I mean? I mean, I was buying all the comic book magazines and the card magazines. And I worked at a card and comic shop. So I was always passing out flyers and telling my friends at high school and stuff like that. So the show like quickly grew into like a really good local card show. And he found some old hockey cards. And one of the cards was an old Ken Dryden. And, and he's like, well, if you want it, I'll just sell it to you for whatever half price of what the price guide says. And I'm like, all right, well, that's cool. I'm like, I already have a Ken Dryden, but I'll think about it. And my grandmother just went and bought it. Just bought it off of him and gave it to me in a little, like a little gold jewelry box with like the felt cottony kind of bot. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like something you put a necklace in, but I still remember that. And it's like, oh, this is cool. Now I have two Ken Dryden rookie cards and this is not a bad card to have two of. That was another good hockey card memory. Oh, I don't know if I told you this one. Uh, Same girlfriend, the one who took all my hockey jerseys or my 90s hockey jerseys. She bought me a Gump Worsley autographed photo, which is nice. Now, I will point out that we were at a card shop together, and I looked at the Gump Worsley photo, and I also looked at the Gretzky signed card. And this was back when the Gretzky autograph was about $100-ish. This would have been like seven, eight years ago or whatever. And she got me the Gump Worsley and not the Gretzky, but... Okay, you know, that's fine. I get it. You know, money's tight for everybody, but damn And that's it. why she's an ex. Right. <laughs> so anyways, what was funny was that I, I unwrap it and I look at it and I instantly recognized it. I knew where she got it from. I recognized the photo. Now, the funny thing about the story is that everybody in her family thought it was a photo of Gordy Howe. Sort of like, oh, wow, is that a Gordy Howe autograph? Wow, Sal, that's a cool Gordy Howe autographed picture. Wow. I and I'm like, uh, it it's not Gordy Howe, it's Gump Worsley. And Gordy Howe was a wing and Worsley's a goalie. <laughs> and Gordy Howe was a red wing and Gump is a ranger in this photo, but okay, whatever. You're you're a very nice person for not taking advantage of them <laughs> and saying, yes, and it can be yours for just 50 bucks. Yeah, they wouldn't have won it. They were all Bears fans. So oh, is that a Gordy Howe? No, it's Gump Worsley. Oh, the shrimp guy? No. <laughs> no, is it? The shrimp guy. Well, actually, his uh, his nickname was uh, based on the comic strip character Andy Gump. His autobiography is entitled They Call Me Gump. And I remember when I went to check it out at the library, the librarian was like, oh, is this a book about the comic strip character Andy Gump? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like 14 years old and just getting into hockey. And I'm like, Andy Gump, I get no idea who that is. Talking about some old timey characters here, right? But 
I'll tell you that was a really thoughtful gift because she knew that that was like one of my favorite hockey books. So it was nice to have an autograph of him, especially with the Rangers. So any other stories before Jim shares some of his uh, hilarious finds? Uh, hilarious. No pressure. Some of his. <laughs> you haven't seen them yet. You don't know if they're just morbid. <laughs> I don't know. As long as they're hockey related and they, they fit the theme of the, the show, we're good. Yeah, I was going to say, let's be done talking about what we did get, and let's talk about what we could get. Yes. That's right. That's right. Oh, okay. So, um, uh, I, I just found a smattering of interesting stuff here and there. Uh, one, uh, let's see, I've seen this one before, and I, I can send this stuff to you guys later. To, to... Yeah, and I'll put yeah. the, I'm we'll put put the links in the show. Yeah, put the links yeah. up stuff from the website Chowdaheads. There is a Boston Hockey Holiday Leg Lamp t-shirt where if you're uh, a fan of the uh, the movie Christmas Story, which just finally got a sequel, there's the infamous uh, leg lamp that was the major award in the movie. And it was a, a woman's leg in, in a, a fishnet stocking and a gold lampshade on top of it. Uh, this is a Boston Bruins leg with that same gold lampshade on top of it and i thought that was just kind of uh appropriate and fun i i, I enjoyed any sort of thing that, that runs back to that uh that movie um and plus it's coming from a, a website called chowda heads so uh i might not be the biggest boston bruins fan but you know what hey, I, I i still approve of some good humor here and there so let's see uh there is a company called rockamsocks.com and they make uh all kinds of of sports socks uh usually the, the laser print things but the thing that caught my eye the most with them was the fact that they have all the nhl teams where there's the you know the nhl logo but then there's also the food that is most associated with that city or state or wherever they are and I feel like they're pretty accurate for the most part. Some of them I kind of question a little bit, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, they put poutine on their socks. Mm, I think Montreal might argue that one a little bit. The Flyers, they obviously got cheesesteaks. And they put both kinds of cheesesteaks on their provolone and cheese whiz. So you don't have to argue whether or not it's correct or not. They're both on there. Uh, I know the Chicago Blackhawks. There is both pizza as well as Chicago dogs. So that's good. And they definitely got Carolina correct by putting barbecue sandwiches on there. Uh, but they have all the teams. And you can go check that out at Rockem, R-O-C-K-E-M, Socks.com. That's kind of fun. They have a whole bunch of different stuff on there. Let's see. Uh, I stumbled across an incredibly overpriced website called tokens and icons that has a lot of stuff made out of official used game stuff so they have official nhl game used uniforms made into billfolds and money clips and those go for 150 to 190 dollars oh good lord those have to be handmade or custom ordered handmade in taiwan i don't know that's a crazy uh, price for something like that. I wouldn't have it, money to put in that money clip after buying said money clip. Right? Yeah. The walls are kind of interesting in the fact that they're completely, they're just black leather on the outside. And then the inside of the wallet, the fold inside is where you see the jersey. And that's just, 
sad. Like nobody's going to see that. You're not going to see that because it, there should be like money and cards in there. What when are you going to see the jersey? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Poor design, and yet it's nearly two hundred dollars. Uh, there are game used sticks that have been turned into uh, beer bottle openers. That's one hundred and thirty five dollars. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh wait, time out. Time out. <laughs> If you're spending $135 on a beer bottle opener, you ain't drinking beer, okay? Yes. You 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 need a wine opener or champagne opener or I don't know, whatever. <laughs> you, 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 yeah, that is very true. You're, you're not going to be drinking the champagne of beer. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, A, it's a twist off. Yeah, that's fair. So you wouldn't need that. For the champagne of beers. Here's, here's a man that knows his high life. I know of high life. You wouldn't catch me dead drinking it. But wow, that's that's insane considering what a bottle opener is, and you can basically get them for free. And yeah, and it's made it, from an old broken hockey stick. Yeah. I mean, the I mean, most heck, if I you have a lighter on you or a ki- kitchen countertop, you can there you, you already have a bottle opener. The so most I much. spent on a bottle opener was ten dollars. And that's because it was a Victoria Salmon Kings bottle opener. And that team mm. went defunct in like 2011 or something. And it was more of a collector's item than like, hey, I need a bottle opener. Here's one for $10. That'll do. Because like you said, they're like cheap or free. You go so, to any event or like anything, people give them away. Like with their own yeah. brand logos and stuff. It's like a, It's like a gift you order from like Vistaprint or something like that. Just go into any liquor store and buy a six-pack, and they probably will give you one. Probably. Probably the most unique thing on here that it's um, it's still $250, so bear that in mind. But it is the a, same site, right? The same site, yes. Tokens and icons. They are uh, NHL Stanley Cup Final Celebration Champagne Cork Bottle Stoppers. It's a wine stopper made with the champagne corks used to celebrate for various teams that have won the Stanley Cup. And they have them for St. Louis Blues in 2019, Pittsburgh Penguins in 2016, Tampa Bay in 2020, and Washington Capitals in 2018. How do they know? Uh, actually, because it has the uh, the logo and stuff. And it still has the um, markings of on the cork of which batch it would have come from. So technically you could go back to the manufacturer and say, Hey, can you authenticate this? And they should be able to do it. But yeah, they have the, uh, 250 bucks. I shouldn't have to do that. They should do that. I know exactly. It's still excessive, but there you go. That's one of the more unique things on there from that site. There's a a smattering of other things, but that those are the highlights of, of terrible things that they have. They're overpriced. Yeah. This is for the person that has everything. They don't have this. To the Pucky fan who has an incredibly rich friend who doesn't know what money is actually worth, yeah, exactly. this is for them. Well, okay, so hold on a second here. I'm still reeling from this, like, mentally, because you would think, like, okay, your favorite team has won the Stanley Cup, right? And then you go, ooh, maybe I could get a game-used puck from that game. Maybe I can get a game-used stick from that game. Maybe I could get a game-used jersey with the Stanley Cup patch. From that game. And then there's one person who's like, you know what people would want? They would want the cork from the champagne bottle that the team drank. 
are you getting the whole cork for two fifty, or are you getting a piece of a cork? Like you get a no. piece of a jersey on a game used card. It's the whole cork mounted directly on top of a wine bottle stopper, and the way it's mounted makes me think you better be really careful if the stopper gets stuck in the bottle and you're trying to pry it out. Don't be grabbing it by the cork because you're just going to rip it right off. Mm-hmm. Right. Who was cleaning up the locker rooms when they were spraying champagne all over everybody and, and being like, oh, man, I need to collect all these corks. I can make a mint off of them. Well, that's exactly what I was getting at is if this is something that's authenticated and they have the ability to go back and actually match it up with whatever serial numbers on it, then these guys must have some kind of licensing partnership with the NHL. Because the NHL gives out memorabilia and everything from various events, but they authenticate them with serial numbers and hologram stickers. Mm -hmm. And they put it on everything. So if you get a game you stick from the NHL or a puck or whatever it is, there's usually a hologram on it that you can then go to their little clearinghouse thing and actually look up those numbers and see where they came from. So like you said, somebody's job was to go pick up all the corks because they must have had a contract with this tokens and icons to be like, okay, these guys just paid us, you know, however many thousands of dollars for all these corks. So, oh, or, what, what or, was even or, worse is being the guy who has to collect those corks because think about it. So the avalanche win, right? And there's Nathan McKinnon, right? And he's got the champagne bottle and he opens it and the cork goes flying off. And then there's some toady in the background like, oh, I got to get that cork before it, it's got to find it. It hit the ground somewhere, right? Well, I'm sure they wow. pick it up after everybody's left and they're, and somebody's cleaning up the whole locker room and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, getting the jock straps off the lights and everything, so... Do they sell um, those? Do they sell jockstrap bottle openers too? <laughs> uh, I, I did not see that. Um, well, it'd be the money clips, I guess. Uh, yeah. Get me one yeah. of those. Moving on to Amazon. Let's see what Amazon's got. They have a, uh, a ice hockey wine and whiskey decanter set with four helmet whiskey glasses and a 750 millimeter milliliter decanter. That looks actually pretty classy. It's a nice, you know, black and wood with a glass hockey stick that sits upright. You can you fill it up with your favorite wine or whiskey or scotch or bourbon or whatever. And it, you know, will look nice on a display shelf in your home somewhere or your office if your office allows that sort of thing. And you live in a madman kind of madman. I, I was just going to say, is this the 1950s and it's madman? We can only hope. But hey, you know what? A lot of people are working from home these days, so they can have whatever the hell they want in their office. It's true. That is true. There's uh let's see the the next thing. Oh, that just to give you a, a quick price idea on that. That was uh, eighty bucks. So mm-hmm. no, okay, not, not, not terrible. Bad. It's good. It's classy looking. You fill up the hockey stick. Yeah, you fill up the hockey stick, and then uh, you can pick up the hockey stick and pour it into the little uh, the little helmet uh, shot glasses, sipping sipping glasses. Does it come with the alcohol? Uh no. Oh. If it did, it would probably be terrible alcohol. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Mm. I've seen the rocks glasses with the hockey puck stuck in them. Yeah, yeah, I almost brought that one up, but I was like, "That's uh, that was that was a little cheesy to me, and that, that just looked like poor craftsmanship." But yeah, I did I did run across those on a couple of sites. Yeah. Uh, also from Amazon, uh, there's uh, by Maxi's Creation M A X apostrophe I S hockey mug with net, and the mug itself looks like a rather fat puck and then on the back edge of it is a hockey net 
And then there's sort of a fat lip on the other end away from the net. And it's, it's really more of a soup bowl. And you can then put your croutons on the edge there and then flick them at the net and then they'll fall into your soup. What? I kid you not. You're making this up. I am not, you know, I'm, I will send this to you right now so you can see it. I'm going to just say real quick, I think oyster crackers would work better than croutons, but okay. Yep, uh, I'm, if you were, if you were you eating know, some chowder, uh, maybe the, you could you could do it with marshmallows and hot chocolate too. I mean, take whatever your poison is. Oh God! Can you just poison the person that invented this? <laughs> that's what I'd vote for. It's thirty bucks. Oh my gosh! What for those listening? I'm actually looking at this now. This looks like somebody like made this in art class in high school. This is dumb. Come on, seriously. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, they got a basketball one too. Yeah, soccer course. Nobody the buy this. Mug. Do not buy this. <laughs> no one buy this. This is the stupidest thing ever. The hockey mug Stop. with the net. Oh my gosh! I might have to make this the graphic to promote the show this week. It, oh, well, we're not done yet, though. We are oh. not done. Oh, he's like, hold my beer. Yeah, I dare you to top this one for the fun kid that won't eat his food or her food. Possibilities hockey shaped pasta, hockey sticks, and fun shaped noodles for kids and youth players. You must be a child to eat this, apparently. Hockey pasta, like pasta, pasta shaped pasta, David Pasternak pasta. I own a box Ooh. of the David Pasternak pasta. Do you really? Yeah, yeah, I do. If anybody's trying to own that, that would be you. Well, he was no, trying I, to get over his shame for owning it before you finish Well, it. no, I, I feel like I have to justify why I own a box of David Pasternak pasta. And that's because I was writing an article about NHL-endorsed food items. There needs to be official gritty high-C cooler drink box. We know that it's just going to be like orange-flavored vodka and definitely the, the lower shelf. But yeah, like gritty needs his own box of high-C. Like the old Ecto cooler, but orange. Exactly. Yeah, the little drink box. It might be good, actually. You know, the Slapshot Hockey Pasta, actually, these are kind of fun shapes. You got skates. You got, it looks like a goalie mask. You got, like, a guy skating with a stick. He should really have a stick down, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of got a stick up. You got to keep your stick on the ice. Or so yeah. Eddie Olchek has always told us. But, yeah, okay, that's... Especially so... when you flick it flying across your little bowl into your goal on the other side. Ah, that's true. That's true, isn't it? You could eat your hockey pasta out of your worthless hockey bowl. Uh, so the next one kind of made me laugh here. Uh, this is also from Amazon. And it is a, a children's book called The Day My Fart Followed Me to Hockey. Princes. Oh my gosh, I've seen that book. I've seen that book too. <laughs> I've seen that book. I've been meaning to buy that book for one of the guys that I used to play hockey with. <laughs> I have seen that book. I haven't read the book. It's a little above my reading level. But I hope it's a scratchy I have seen sniff. It. Oh, I don't. That would be <laughs> not good. I mean, let's put it, anybody that's played hockey, you know that there are a variety of, let's just call them unpleasant smells that are involved with hockey oh, equipment worry, and the locker room and everything else. Ugh. Let me interject a really quick hockey men's league hockey story. 
I used to captain a team and I'd get there early to grab a locker room for my team and try to get there earlier than the other team so that I could get a better locker room, right? Preferably one with showers, preferably one that didn't smell terrible. So anyways, my guys start filing into the locker room and they all like stop and they're like overcome by the smell. And they're like, Sal, why did you get this locker room? It smells like piss in here. And I said, because the other locker room smelled like vomit. And I wasn't kidding. Like, I took the one locker room with, like, the best showers. That's, the best that's a joke. That's amenities. like the punchline to a joke. I know. Right. I took what I thought was the best locker room, and I sit down, and, like, after two minutes, I'm like, I can't be in this room anymore. Like, the, the smell of vomit was just overwhelming. I was going to throw it. I'm like, I got to get out of here. And I went, I'm like, oh, give me locker room four, right? And then we were changing in there, and everyone's like, man, it smells like piss in here. I'm like, well, the other one smelled like puke. Pick your poison, piss or puke. Mm. Somebody light a candle for God's oh, sake! God, yeah, locker rooms. Do they have yeah. hockey bag smell candles? Actually, that was that was the next thing I was bringing up. Oh um, no! No way! Tell, tell me, please. I think it's clever. This is on Etsy. It's a a smelly candle that is labeled "Smells like the opposite of hockey gear." The opposite. So you know, we all have an idea of what hockey gear smells like. Oh, yeah. And this apparently smells like the opposite. So, yeah, I think I think that was a good bit of humor to that. The opposite of hockey gear. Huh. I don't know what the opposite would be. Uh, You'll have to buy one and let us know. You can write a review about it. I mean, hockey gear smells like death. So the opposite of death is life. So this smells like life. What does life smell like? Am I the only person Go outside that and take a big or... old, you know, big old air, you know, puff of air in? Are you the only person that what? Washes their hockey gear. Obviously, <laughs> because that's bad luck. You can't wash your hockey gear. That's bad luck. It just says here, 100% soy wax blend, 30 to 60 hours burn time, non-toxic, no dye, infused with early mornings, lots of coffee, pucks, penalties, and a hint of freezing your butt off. <laughs> I don't know about that. No? You, you wouldn't find that humorous if somebody gave it to you? Maybe. I don't know that I'd ever light it, though. I'd be too afraid of what it smelled like. Okay. Well, a less than better product. Hockey puck soap. And it, you know, looks like a hockey puck. It, it's got, it's, you know, inscribed with a circle and some cross sticks on it. The thing is, is if you actually use that, it's basically not going to look like what it's supposed to look like after about three uses, and then that's it. So what what are you getting here for $36.33? Maybe it's just decorative. Ah. Like, you know, you have your decorative soaps, like your little seashells and all that. You can just put your hockey puck there. You just it never use it. Seashell, seashell soap smells like interesting things. I would not pick this up and sniff it because I would be a little bit scared. I but, don't know any hockey player that would use the soap unless it was to throw at somebody who gave it to them. No. My concern would be you use the soap and you turn black. That's yeah. Because what makes the soap black? It's got to be dye. Right. What's to stop the dye from coming out of the wax of the soap? Oh, hopefully you can wash it off quickly in the sink. But what, uh, one thing that I thought was nice here, uh, also on Etsy, uh, a sort of, you know, it's a sweatshirt, but it's supposed to look like a uh, ugly Christmas sweater. It's hockey-themed, and it says, making a fist and checking you twice. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's actually fun. That's good. Yeah, I, I think most hockey fans would actually appreciate that. I'd wear that. 
It's actually yep. a t-shirt, but it, that's okay. It, it oh, looks is it like, a long t-shirt? Yeah, it it's looks a long like a sleeve shirt, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'd wear that. And finally, on uncommongoods.com, there is NHL Arena map pint glass sets. And they are printed with kind of an overhead view of a map of where each arena is. And it's got the street names and what everything kind of looks like. And then down at the bottom of the glass, there is the logo for the NHL team. Pretty unique. Uh, I've never really seen anything quite like it. Uh, but yeah, you, you get a little, you know, if it's in the middle of a, of a city or whatever, you get uh, a lot of the city streets that are around the arena and stuff. It's kind of a, a, a fun, unique gift idea. I've, I've never seen anything quite like it. Um, I know they've also got uh, whiskey tumblers as well, but they don't show nearly the detail that the pint glasses do. So I would definitely go with the pint glass. That looks like Chicago Blackhawks is out of stock. Yeah, you can definitely tell which ones are the popular ones for sure. Interesting. Yep, that looks like the it looks like the looks like an overhead of the neighborhood, Chicago and its nice gridded street system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on uh, on the Hurricanes one, you can see uh, Carmano Way, which is one of the uh, streets that was named after Peter Carmanos, Carmanos Way. Good old Peter Carmanos. Wow, that's quite the array of interesting, odd, unique hockey gifts and i like that and you know a lot of these gifts would be fine for year round we're going to make sure to link to all of them in the show notes um they're not giving us kickbacks or endorsements or anything on these we just think they're kind of fun and funny and some of them are hilarious and some of them well i'm still rolling my eyes over the corks (laughs) the stanley cup celebration used corks yeah i was trying to look at some of these cups too with these maps of this stuff because i was thinking what did they put on the Ottawa Senators one? Because Canadian Tire Center is in like the middle of nowhere. So I was looking on the cup, and sure enough, there's the Costco right next door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not on there. But it should be because there's nothing else there. Well, you can buy it. You can take a Sharpie and you can draw it on yourself. Hey, there you go. $38 for two pint glasses is... Uh... You're probably not drinking high life out of those pint glasses, I'm guessing. Or maybe you are. I don't know. You buy them, you can drink blood out of them. I don't drink really care. It's your glass. Yeah. Yeah. So the hockey stick bottle opener thing, I like that idea, but I don't like the fact that it's like a bajillion dollars for that. I don't care if it's game used. I'm not paying that much money for, for that. I mean, you could probably make your own and it would be somewhat decent i'm sure there is somebody on etsy that will probably makes those that they, they are probably not necessarily nhl game used but you know that's got to be one we're gonna stick somewhere and, and they just recycled it. yeah i wouldn't care what it is it's a broken stick who cares mm-hmm. that's got to be where that money comes in they're like well we've authenticated this and this was you know Connor mcdavid's used in game six where he broke it on a shot from the right point and blah 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 then you could actually pinpoint and go back to the game and be like oh yeah there it is oh yeah there's the broken piece hey i have a bottle opener of that now okay fine that's worth the extra money i mean you know it's it's, it's better than buying an nft right they still make those that's still a thing no, uh-huh. i didn't know that was still a thing apparently the ex-president of the united states issued a series of nfts oh, last week yeah 
Yeah. It still that still had the watermarks from the uh, websites that they stole the images from. For real? That's, that's what I've heard. Yes. I'm not digging into that to find out. If anybody wants to pick me up one of these uh, these awesome hockey rink net bowls, I'm all for it. I'll drink my beer out of that instead. Doesn't look like it holds enough beer in it. I just have to keep refilling it. All right. Is that everything? Is that is that's, it all the stuff? That's what I dug up in, in the five minutes before the show started, yeah. Wow. You shouldn't have said that last part because I was really impressed by, like, the variety. You're preparing this. I was impressed by the variety and the absurdity of the things that you shared with us today. So, Jim, thank you for guest appearing on the show. You're always welcome. You're, you're part of Team Puck Junk. Before we go, let, let me ask you this. Are we ever going to get a best of the worst again? I've been getting people sending me uh, uh, terrible cards coming from um, the most recent Upper Deck, and it, it looks like they are uh, slipping on their quality control, so I might have to start putting them back in their place. So, I mean, hey, you know, you, you never know. Santa Claus might, might leave me a box under the tree that I get to review. We'll see. We could all be so lucky. All right, then. Shall we wrap it up? All righty. Tim? Of course. That's what you do with presents. You wrap them. Thank you for listening to the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. I can be followed at Puck Junk on Twitter. Tim can be followed on Twitter at the Real DFG. Jim can be followed on Instagram at Flying V two one one two. That's Flying V twenty one twelve. Until next time, collect what you like and have a happy holiday. For more hockey goodness, follow us on Twitter at PuckJunk.